Fight Network presents Football Time. Welcome to the Football Time Show. We're here for College Football Week 10. Uh, we're winding down here. Uh, it's almost uh, conference championship season and bowl season. And then uh, we're in the off season. So uh, it's been a quick 10 weeks here, uh, but a fun 10 weeks Um as we sort of close things down. So with us, as always, is Dynamite David. We had our first set of, I guess, playoff rankings uh, come out. Not that they mean that much, but uh, anyway, want to give your thoughts on them, uh, even though uh, I I don't take them too seriously uh, right now, especially with so many teams with so many important games left to play. Yeah, I I think, you know, you can't really take it to heart too much right now, but one thing the committee did make clear is that they're really relying on that eye test a little bit more this year rather than just win-loss record. I mean, you see Oklahoma down as low as eight, uh, and they're undefeated. Cincinnati was at uh, six or seven, I believe. So uh, just really no respect for those teams that have the weaker schedules. And Alabama with you know a loss sitting in that number two spot. So uh, really just looking at that eye test and just seeing what teams look like and if they're playing well, uh, which I actually prefer, I'm glad they did that. I liked Oregon in there at the three spot. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think it's going to end up getting uh, better football in the playoffs and less one-sided matchups. So I think this is good. Uh, it's a little change from the committee, in, in my opinion. I think uh, in years past, you know, you would have seen Oklahoma and Cincinnati right there at three and four, uh, maybe even two and three. Uh, so I think I think they were really aggressive in this first one just to show and announce to people that scheduling is really, really important. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I thought the rankings were pretty solid. Uh, you know, Michigan State being up there, I was a little iffy at. Uh, that was the only one I, I was a little like, I, you know, if if Michigan well, There's State, a lot. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, there's. I was going to say there's still a lot in the yeah. Big Ten right there between Michigan State, Ohio State, and all those guys that's yeah. going to – Probably clear itself out, no problem. Yeah, that was the main thing. I, I mean, if they went out, they probably deserve to be in there. But, like, right now, if you're watching those teams and, you know, Michigan State were to play Alabama or, you know, Georgia, I, I think you'd make both those teams almost a 20-point favorite in those games. I, I was trying to, you know, ponder in my head what the lines would be for those, you know, and I, at what point would I not take Alabama? And I, I think Michigan State would probably have to be around 24. I, You know, the the biggest one is Cincinnati sitting at six undefeated. Uh, I, I think they still have a chance to move up. You know, they still can play SMU. Uh, they still play Houston, and then they probably play another one of those teams in the championship game, uh, you know. So I, I think I – think- I think they would benefit greatly from another Bama or another Oregon loss. Yeah. Uh, if those teams were to get two, they would drop, and that's where a Cincinnati could or a Oklahoma could move yeah. up in there. But I, I thought, you know, six, good spot for them. I, I didn't think they were overrated. I, I would have been mad if they had gotten sort of below uh, six and some of those, you know, weaker teams that are behind them. But I, I think six was pretty fair, and, you know, I, I think, Cincinnati, a good football team. I think they can play uh, with a lot of those teams. I, I don't think I'd put them as favorites, but I, I might put them as favorites over, you know, say a Michigan State. Uh, so, you know, I, I think they're in and around uh, where they should be. So I didn't see too much controversy uh, with this first set of rankings. Yeah, it's actually the first one that I've really agreed with 
for the most part. Um, normally, I, I disagree with the committee a little bit just because they, they look at that win-loss record. They don't look at strength of yeah. schedule or strength of conferences. So I like the change, and I think it's going to be uh, good moving forward into when the uh, when they finally grow the playoffs into eight teams. Yeah. Get some really good football. I, I, I really liked where they sort of placed Oklahoma. You know, they don't have a loss, but, you know, they, they should have terrible. losses. And they don't yeah. look like a good football team. So I, I, I liked that. So we'll move on from the rankings and uh, get into Week 10. Uh, let's get into a handful of matchups. Uh, not a ton of uh, really tight matchups, but I, I think as the pressure, uh, you know, sort of builds up as the season comes to a close, these games get a little bit, uh, you know, tighter and tighter, uh, especially for some of these teams where, you know, they aren't used to having that kind of pressure uh, to close out the season. Uh, this first game is not one of them. It, it's... Probably not even really a game of the week, but, you know, Georgia, number one team in the country. 39-point uh, favorites here versus Mizzou. I, I, I don't think either of us think there's a, a chance for an upset here, but uh, let's go spread-wise. Coverage, 39. Uh, as bad as Mizzou is, that, that seems like an awful lot of points in a conference game here. I, I'm curious your thoughts on this one. Uh, you know, I said earlier this year that, Anytime in an SEC game outside of Vanderbilt, when you're getting 30 plus, you take the 30 plus. But you know, this, Missouri's been really bad what this year. What about when you're getting 40 plus? <laughs> I I just I don't know because I've seen teams just do whatever they want against Missouri. Um, you know, I guess it depends on. I'd, I'd say Georgia tries to rest up a lot of people, not get yeah. too many reps, stay healthy. Uh, I think that's the biggest challenge for them this weekend uh, the the game isn't the challenge it's it's staying sharp staying healthy uh moving forward um so they might not be looking to bury it they might just be looking to grab the lead run clock and and get out of that game and move on to the next one yeah the, um, the problem i have with that though is I, I think if georgia puts in their four string running back uh he still might run for 400 yards against this missouri defense i could also see like three or four defensive and special team touchdowns in this game as well. So uh, if that happens, it could, it could go downhill really quick, but I just, I don't know how, how much, I mean, there's no statement Georgia can make from this game other than to win barely or yeah. lose. Uh, so I think once they put it away, they're just going to look to end it as quick as they can uh, because no matter how big they win, no one's going to think any higher of Georgia. So yeah. it's not like you can get style points by winning by 40 or 50 yes. here. So it may be a smart play taking Missouri here, uh, but I'm probably not going to take anything in that. Yeah. One. I, I, once I've seen that Mizzou defense as they part C's for running games that just let you run down the middle uh, and see if you might trip over a sideline or something. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to see what I could do against their defensive line. I might be able to get some yardage. <laughs> I think pretty much that would be every running back's dream when they see Mizzou walk in. So, uh, uh, 39 and a uh, 39 and a half some places I probably am a pass on this game but I wouldn't be bold enough to really take Mizzou there are some really shockingly high spreads in a couple of these conference games so uh, but this isn't one I, I really would latch on to as bad as uh, you know Mizzou's been and I don't know if they can score which would be the other requisite you'd need uh, for them to cover that kind of spread all right, let's go to Ohio State going to Nebraska in the 1980s. This was a very big deal. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in 2020, uh, not as much of a big deal. 
you know, Nebraska's a weird sort of team. They're a little bit plucky. They seem to play tight, close games. They never seem to win any of those tight, close games. Uh, Buckeyes go in there with a 15-point line coming off a, I don't know, a mixed sort of uh, showing first Penn State. They seem to find their rhythm a little late. I didn't think they looked great, great in that game, uh, but... Uh, Nebraska coming off the uh, loss to Purdue once again in a 28-23 point game. I, I think their margin of victory to margin of loss probably is quite, quite small. But uh, what do you make of this game in the uh, you know 15-point spread here at Nebraska? Yeah, this Nebraska team, I, I really feel for them because they've fought hard in every single game. You, they, they've seemed so close to being able to, to break over that edge and, and finally break through. Uh, just haven't been able to do it this year. And uh, unfortunately for them, I don't think Ohio State's going to be the team to do that against. Now, they do this have, have this one at home, uh, so they may be able to, you know, get a little bit of atmosphere and, uh, and play some stifling defense. They've been playing pretty good defense this year. Uh, but uh, I don't think if it gets into a shootout, which is what Ohio State wants, they'll be able to keep up because Ohio State's offense has been probably one of the more impressive offenses in the country ever since that Oregon game. They've been really yeah. rolling. So, uh <sighs> I hate to say it, but Nebraska's getting another L and uh, probably not going to cover that point spread either. Yeah, I, I kind of like the points uh, here, 15. Uh, you know, Ohio State sort of stepped up in competition versus Penn State. Did not look as good as it looked, you know, versus Indiana. You know, the other, you know, sort of uh, walk-bys that they had. So I, I think Nebraska, you mentioned it, ha has played hard in every game. They they had a really, really tough schedule. You know, we, we talk we talked about it, you know, how hard their schedule was, and that Illinois loss just, you know, it is really, really crushing to them because they're just going through it right now. And uh, I do think it's a credit to how hard they've played. Uh, they just haven't been able to pull out these close games. We, we You know, it, it's that time of year where we sort of switch it uh, to every coach is on the hot seat. You know, Scott Frost, record-wise – has not looked good, but it doesn't seem like these guys have quit on him. You know, I'm curious, do you think he comes back? Uh, should he come back uh, to Nebraska after this season? I, I think so. Now, I am an outsider and uh, not as, you know, loyal as, say, the Nebraska fan base or an alum or someone on, on the faculty there. But uh, I, I think you can see – the, the change starting in Nebraska just hasn't quite hit yet. Now, yes, it is taking a long time, but at the same time, who are you going to go get that's going to be that big explosive hire? You know, Nebraska is really tough place to go to right now, especially since that move to the Big Ten. And uh, so it's not a really attractive place to go coach because you've got a lot of challenges facing you as far as schedule goes, and you're probably not even the top six programs in that conference. Uh, so – I think they hang on to him for at least one more year uh, and just to see if some of these close games, I mean, he's three yeah. or four games away from all flipping all of them yeah. and, and having, they can just wins. as easily be six and three uh, instead yeah. of three and six, you know, this year uh, at, with a win over, you know, at like Michigan state, you know, that game yeah. was it, Nebraska controlled that game. They gave up a pun return for a touchdown, then lost in overtime, you know, uh, right there at the end of the – that's just fluky yeah. weirdness. That's not, you know, you played bad, they played good sort of football game style. Yeah, I don't think – I don't think if you're Nebraska you give up on your dream hire just yet. 
you want this to work. You don't want to give up on Scott Frost because you want him to be successful at his, his alma mater. And uh, so, you know, I've, I've, I've actually started rooting for him a little bit more. They, they, they do have a lot of fight and yeah. uh, interesting to see next year, if they can keep a little bit of momentum and uh, maybe get some, some more talent in there, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah. And <laughs> I think he's had Martinez there for uh, a couple of years and he's just had bad quarterback play the whole time. So if you can get a decent quarterback, maybe they can get that offense improved because uh, I think their defense is getting, getting better each year. And uh, I think he should be back. Yeah. You said it, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned how hard they played. I think they played hard throughout the year. And, and then who are you going to get that's, yeah. you know, better? Uh, you know, you're going to bring in in and around the same type of coach as Scott Frost. You know, they they just, you know, they mentioned like Scott Satterfield at Louisville. Is Scott Satterfield at Louisville that much better? Uh, you know, I think Louisville's then, a better program at this yeah. time. Uh, you know, they mentioned, uh, you know, Stoops at Kentucky. I'm like, what? why would you just laterally move to Nebraska just because in the 80s? And the mid '90s, they were a dominant football program. You know, if we the past decade, it's actually been easier to win at Kentucky than yeah, it's been in Nebraska. That's a you know, if you want to just start looking at past decades of past football programs, I guess we should bring in the Harvard football coach because uh, from about 1900 to 1940, they owned the football landscape. So you know, it, it's just I, I think I think Scott Frost is a good coach. You know. This has taken a lot longer, but, you know, Nebraska is not Nebraska that, you know, most of us have grown up with. It's sort of a middle-rung program, and it was literally at rock bottom when he took over. Well, so The similarities between Nebraska and, and, and my team, Tennessee Vols, yeah. are, are, are eerie. And uh, I, think, I think, you know, at Tennessee, we've seen how, how you know, coaching change after coaching yeah. change after coaching change. It doesn't get you – any further along you always have to go back to ground zero and i think they've been improving year after year under scott frost so i think they need to stay the course and uh at least see this out uh, for another year or two yeah i you know this is where you don't necessarily look at the record you look at what's taking place on the field i've thought they played hard they just in most of the game they aren't more talented than the other team they play so you know uh i, I think it's improving i wouldn't drop him uh quite yet but uh Let's get into the next game. Illinois goes to Minnesota. Now, uh, one of the teams I didn't enjoy being in the uh, committee's top 25 was Minnesota. Uh, I guess we just ignore that Bowling Green loss and, you know, scratch it off that they pretty much lost to the worst team in the MAC. Uh, I guess that's a cross-off because it was an accidental. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, Minnesota seemed to sort of find its way back after that loss. Uh, you know, they're tied up there uh, as the conference lead. Um, 14 and a half points here versus Illinois. Uh, what do you make of this game here? Yeah, I, I came really close to taking this one. I actually like the points here with Illinois. I think uh, they've been playing really well, and they've been in a lot of games. Uh, they haven't really been getting blown out a whole lot. I think they had one a couple weeks ago. They lost by about 20. Uh, but I don't, I don't see Minnesota burying, uh, burying Illinois, and uh, it's going to be a really ugly uh, Big Ten football game probably going to be cold. I haven't looked at the weather, um, but I, I I like fourteen and a half here. I think that's a good bit of points. Yeah, uh, you uh, mentioned it. Uh, end up taking this one. Yeah, uh, I, I liked the points here. This is where I like Illinois. You know, last week I was off them because they were you know in and around even money to 
you know, slightly favored at home versus Rutgers. I, I don't like Illinois as, a, you know, close. But if they're getting a lot of points, you know they're just going to take the air out of the ball. Minnesota yep. is already taking the air out of the ball. So this game is basically just going to be two teams running into the line of scrimmage and hoping the game ends quickly here. Uh, you know, you see that in the over-under sitting at 44. Uh, I think the the only one that was, like, lower was the uh, Air Force Army game, uh, which was I, – I went 37. To, yeah, I went to go in there and take that for my picks per automatic always take, and then it was sitting at 36, and I'm like, well – that's starting to push uh, in and around a, a line I'm not really uh, willing to go to. So 44. Army just put up like what, 50, 60 against yeah. uh, Wake? That's why I was not about to <clears throat> jump on Army, who's shown they can be explosive. Air Force has been an explosive offense all year long. Maybe you know, get over. That might be to the point where I'm sitting on over. Of course, I say that, and it's an 11:30 game in Colorado, so I that that uh, gave me a little bit of a you know pullback on that. 11:30 Eastern. Yes. It's 11.30 a.m. Eastern. That's why I was going to take Air Force. 9.30 a.m. their time. Yes, I was going to take Air Force, and then uh, <laughs> I guess we switched to covering that game. Cause I, this one. I guess the military schools are used to waking that up That was early. my only thing. I was like, I guess the military schools are sort of <laughs> okay waking up early, <laughs> but I was like, oh, I'll pass on that one. But, uh, yeah, I like Illinois getting the plus here, especially a couple touchdowns. I'm still not a total you know, believer in Minnesota. Uh, I, I should probably stop taking Northwestern. Uh, they are just a bad football team. Uh, they had one spark, but uh, I mean, we mentioned that Nebraska team that was a 30-23 game, another close tight game that went down to the wire. Uh, the Purdue game, 2013. Uh, we mentioned the Bowling Green loss. They've beaten up on the uh, aforementioned let's beat up on the Big Ten, uh, they beat up on Maryland Northwestern. You get those two, everybody seems to look good and come out being hot all of a sudden. So I I'm a little curious how this game's going to play, especially since these t two teams are quite, quite similar, other than Minnesota probably has a little bit of the talent advantage here. All right, let's move on to the Wake Forest Demon Deacons and the North Carolina Tar Heels. Wake Forest comes in 8-0 and and are racking up, uh, you know, points uh, left and right. Hang a 45 on Duke uh, the week after hanging 70 uh, on uh, the aforementioned Army. Uh, UNC went into Notre Dame, uh, fought pretty hard in that game. I thought they could get that cover. Uh, just couldn't quite uh, keep uh, Notre Dame scoring in check, but... Uh, at least a solid effort, I'd say, uh, versus Notre Dame. But uh, I thought this line was a little weird. Wake getting two and a half versus North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, this North Carolina team basically has looked like garbage all year long. Uh, you know, Wake might not be able to defend a whole lot, but uh, they can score a whole lot of points. And last time I checked, it wasn't like North Carolina's defense was uh, ready to lock anybody down. So uh, I, I was a little stunned at the uh, two-and-a-half number here. Uh, just uh, a l more and more disrespect towards Wake and uh, not respecting what they've done so far this season. Yeah, I mean, undefeated. Um, and they've, they've beaten a few, few good teams. Uh, and North Carolina has done nothing really to look, you know, get the respect this year. So I don't know why they're getting points here. Uh I really like Wake here. I'm taking them plus the two and a half. And I actually kind of, 
I, I want to take the over. I think last I looked, it was at 66, 67, which is a little inflated. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure what it's at currently. Um, but you know, after watching that wake army game and, and seeing how bad wake plays defense, this could be a shootout. Um, but I just, I, I think wake wake's going to keep it rolling. I don't think this is going to be where they drop it. Yeah, I, I think they'll keep it rolling. They're, they're going to have the game they want. They're going to have a shootout game. Uh, you know, I, I assume this plays out a, a lot like the Notre Dame game the week before with North Carolina, where North Carolina is there, but uh, they don't quite have enough of the uh, high-leveraged offense to, uh, you know, match uh, Notre Dame here. So uh, I, I, I I like the wake spread getting two and a half. Uh, I don't foresee going into North Carolina as a, you know, a cauldron of doom here. Uh, everybody has switched off and gone into college basketball yeah. mode there uh, anyway. So, uh, you know, this isn't exactly like uh, a, a real hard place to go. Not to mention Wake Forest isn't all that far from North Carolina. So if anybody's still in to football on these two, it's probably Wake, and they're going to bring in just as many fans as North Carolina is probably going to bring in. Uh, so, uh, really interesting on that line. I, I was a little stunned that they'd uh, make Wake such a an underdog in that game. Uh, the other thing is, uh, if this Wake team would have been very, very interesting if that uh, Michigan State uh, running back was still on this roster. This we might be talking about the greatest offense of all time. They probably yep. could have hung a hundred on the uh, Army game, uh, so uh, that's just uh, a little bit fun to think about. But uh, we'll move on to the SEC, probably the biggest game in the SEC on the week. Uh, Auburn going to Texas A and M. Uh, both these teams sort of have found themselves uh, lately. Auburn coming off a a good win uh, over Old Miss, uh, dominating pretty good. Uh, you know, showed us shut that uh, Old Miss offense down. Um, I, I you know. I guess, though, now that we've seen Old Miss, they've come up against two solid defenses and been in and around 20 points. So, you know, you're sort of looking at that. Uh, I, but uh, A&M uh, sort of have found their way. Uh, I guess you can say that, uh, you know, they have the big win over Bama and then they got the uh, cream puff double dip of Mizzou, yeah. South Carolina, uh, which I think everybody lives off that uh, cream puff Mizzou, South Carolina back to back. It seems like a couple teams have gotten that. And then uh, coming out of those two games, uh, everything is rosy. Uh, interesting line here, four and a half for Texas A&M. Uh, I'm willing to think A&M's a better team here, uh, but Auburn's played good football of late, but uh, I think going into A&M, I lean a yep. little A&M here. Uh, I'm curious what you think of this uh, matchup here. Another big-time situation uh, for, for Auburn here. They go, you know, they had a lot of road road challenges this year. They, they went into uh, Penn State, and this is going to be a similar atmosphere, if not worse, I think, uh, definitely not uh, more people. And A&M's rolling. Uh, they've, they've got some momentum. And uh, I think four and a half is a little uh, probably right on the money, but I, I'd have to lean A and M here. Yeah, I, I, I want to take A and M really, really badly in this game. I don't like that crooked number at four and a half because this just sort of this game breeds uh, bad decision making towards the end. Let's see who backdoors you and uh, sort of screws yep. you out of the money there. Uh, so I'd be a little leery of the A and M. But I think A&M's playing good football. I think they're going to close the season really, really well here. So uh, I, I kind of like the A&M. But, uh, you know, I, I, you can't really hate on the way Auburn has played 
basically since that, uh, you know, uh, Penn State game, other than the, uh, you know, loss to Georgia, which, you know, uh, right now Georgia's just a better team than they are. They went into LSU, won that game. I think we both thought, you know, LSU would win that one. High in sight. Uh, maybe not a great pick. Uh, uh, but, I, I, you know, going into Arkansas, winning that game 38-23, pretty impressive win. We mentioned the old Miss win last week at 31-20. Uh, you know, Bo Nix is playing a good quarterback right now, which, you know, I, I've hammered him a lot. But if you play good football, I'm not going to hammer you. He's played good football. So uh, should be a really interesting and entertaining game. Uh, the number uh, at four and a half, little off-putting, but it'll be interesting to see which one of these teams really elevates and makes that sort of boom and probably puts themselves uh, right below that cusp of a playoff line in getting yep. into one of those, you know, major, uh, you know, primetime New Year's uh, bowl games here. All right, let's switch out to the Big 12. We'll go Oklahoma State, uh, who goes to West Virginia. We uh, we called it a little bit on West Virginia, you know, last week uh, versus Iowa State. Iowa State going there, losing that game, uh, 38-31 for West Virginia. They continue to be sort of a... Uh, a good 500 team. They they play well, uh, but uh, sometimes they sort of uh, ruin themselves. <laughs> They'd look a lot better if they had that uh, nice Oklahoma win where they didn't completely uh, self-destruct. But uh, Oklahoma State coming off the uh, loss to Iowa State, beat up on Kansas. Curious your thoughts on this matchup. I know we both really, really liked West Virginia at home getting points. They're doing that again this week. What do you think of this one? It's really tempting to double dip on West Virginia again here, but uh, I'm afraid it might uh, might get burned if you try to do that. So uh, you're you're playing with fire if you take West Virginia two weeks in a row because they are a very up and down team. Uh, that being said, we do like them at home, getting points at home, and uh, this is a team that lost to the team we just beat the week prior. Uh, so you know by that theory, then you should even have a better shot at winning this one, but. I don't know about that. I think Oklahoma's uh, state's a better. I think they're a more talented team than uh, Iowa State, yeah. and uh, so I think this may be one where you know the just athletes and, and player talent prevail. And uh, so I'm not going to make a play here. I don't. I don't think it's as, as much of a sure thing as it was last week against yeah. Iowa State. I, I will say I definitely liked last week's uh, a little bit better because Iowa State's won their defense isn't all that great to really uh, put the pressure on, you know, West Virginia's biggest week, which is offensive and quarterback play to create those turnovers that give them, uh, you know, sort of freebie points. Uh, I, Oklahoma State's defense has been much, much better this year. But, uh, you know, I – I do just sort of like this trend of West Virginia at home getting points. So, you know, three and a half, little lower than the, uh, you know, I, I think bloated uh, sort of uh, seven the week before uh, with Iowa State. I just thought that was completely ridiculous. Uh, but, uh, you know, Iowa State has been getting steam all year long uh, for basically doing nothing all year long. But uh, I sort of like this trend. Uh, I, I'm curious about this Oklahoma State team. You know, we were a little – you know, lacks on them early in the year. They've proven that they can find ways to win games. Uh, we'll see if they can go into, uh, you know, uh, Morgantown, win this one in a tough one uh, as really the Big Ten uh, sort of has all their major games here to close out the season the last uh, couple weeks of the season here. But uh, should be an entertaining game. See how uh, 
Oklahoma State goes into West Virginia. I would like this much better if it was a noon game instead of the 3.30 start. But uh, the three and a half, uh, you know, it, it Morgantown uh, getting plus has always been a, a good little uh, niche thing to grab so far this year. We'll move to the Big Ten. Michigan State coming off their uh, big win over Michigan goes to Purdue. Uh, you know, this Purdue team has been uh, pretty much hard to read uh, all year long. Uh, go to Nebraska, win. Play Wisconsin at home, lose. Uh, go to Iowa, win. Uh, play Minnesota, lose. So uh, it, it's been a little bit of a, a lotto <laughs> all year long. Their defense has been really, really solid. Uh, Michigan State, uh, really, really interesting. Uh, you know, basically should have been massacred in that game uh versus michigan if like two different plays go wrong that's probably a 40 to you know 13 game and we look at michigan state totally different uh you know the week before michigan state struggles with indiana at 2015 indiana has been atrocious all year long uh they beat up on Rutgers, but they struggle with uh you know the aforementioned nebraska uh so what are you getting out of this game michigan state going to purdue here I love Michigan State here. Uh, I think three is awfully small for an undefeated team uh, going up against a very inconsistent Purdue team. Now, hopefully we don't get, uh, you know, awesome Purdue, uh, yes. which has been about every other week. So I guess they're due this week if you follow that pattern. Um, but I, I don't think uh, this Michigan State team is, is similar to Iowa, the other top team that uh, Purdue managed to knock off. Uh, Iowa was very uh, reliant on their um, just – offense producing or their defense producing for their offense yeah and uh, well you I saw that last week as well in that uh wisconsin iowa matchup uh the iowa offense has just gone in the tank and the turnovers yeah. dried up and then you're they're sort of done so uh I, I i do like michigan state here and i i think uh they may drop one this season probably uh ohio state but i don't think they are going to fool around with purdue and they're going to go in and take care of business it's probably one of my favorite picks this week Interesting. So we're on opposite sides of this one. See, I, I, I'm going to bet on the good Purdue uh, showing up this week, and uh, I think I'm going to bet a little bit more on the Michigan State regression off that Michigan game, hyped up off that win, now going into the road into a, a little bit of a trap situation here versus Purdue uh, with Ohio State uh, coming up on the schedule. Uh, you know, in two weeks. Uh, so I, I think this could be a little bit of a tricky spot here uh, for Michigan State. So I sort of like the plus here. Uh, but, you know, like we've said, uh, Purdue, uh, we're either going to get the win or they're going to get beat. Uh, so uh, it, it's one way or the other. They're going to get beat bad or they're going to end up doing some freaky sort of thing and getting a win here. So it, it's not been uh, really any other way. But uh, I'm on the opposite side. I kind of like Purdue getting points at home here uh but uh interesting game uh certainly to see how uh this plays out after michigan state's uh big win uh you know over michigan you know we talked about teams uh with the pressure building up the pressure begins to build up with michigan state uh you know now uh they had they have their sights set on the playoff uh you know uh when they get waxed 30 nothing by georgia or alabama i don't know but uh you know Right now, it's in their sights, uh, in their hands. They win out. They'll probably be in. So, uh, you know, interesting game uh, as the pressure mounts in that one. 
you're on the uh, Michigan State side. I'm on the Purdue side. Uh, should be a fun one to see how it plays out. Uh, next up, Baylor goes to TCU. Uh, this is, you know, I, I think there are two things to talk about here. We'll touch on the TCU, you know, situation in a few minutes. Baylor, uh, seven and one now, and honestly, uh, I legit think they might be the best team in the Big 12. You know, they handled Texas like they've handled everybody else. They handled BYU. Uh, they handled West Virginia probably better than anybody has all season long in a, you know, 45-20 to 20 blowout. Their loss coming in a tough game at Oklahoma State, which was tight to the very end. Uh, you know, they beat Iowa State. Uh, so I, I'm very interested on the Baylor side of things, but uh, minus seven on the road. What do you think of this one in a pretty big rivalry game, Baylor-TCU? I love Baylor here. Uh, they've slowly become my favorite team in this conference, um, playing the best football. You know, I talked earlier about that eye test. Baylor looks good. Oklahoma State does not look good. They get some wins, but they don't look good. Oklahoma, they're undefeated. They don't look good. Baylor looks like a good football team, and they're doing what they're supposed to do other than that one type one they dropped earlier this year. Uh, and this is a team that we had in the preseason. I think their over-under line was at three. Um, so very, very impressed with Baylor and the turnaround in this program. Uh, they're going to get some momentum rolling. And uh, I like it here. I got this one early. I got it at minus six and a half. I'm sticking with it. I love that pick. Uh, I think they're going to win big here against a TCU team that's probably given up on the season. Their coach is moving on. Uh, maybe there's a little bit to play for there, to play for your coach that's been there for almost as long as I've been alive. Um, but I think he was the before this uh, letting him go. He's the longest tenured coach in FBS football. Yes. Um, so he's been there a long time. But I, I don't think TCU's got what it takes. They haven't looked very good this year. And uh, Baylor's going to shut him down and win big. Yeah, uh, I, I think that six and a half number probably a little bit better than that seven number. Uh, you mentioned it. The, yeah, the uh, the TCU probably can go one way or the other. They're either going to go totally in the bag or they're going to play for Gary and, and try to close out this season strong. Uh, but you know, uh, I, I'll get into what TCU did to Gary. Uh, you know, cutting him yeah. off at, at the end of the week and then trying to parade him around to, you know, close out the year uh, as a sending off. And he was pretty much like, screw you. Now he's going to coach him out. Uh, you know, it shows what he is. But uh, basically what TCU did was uh, despicable uh, for a coach who... Reminds me of another coach I know that got fired at a program I love. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, TCU was basically nothing. Legit Nothing until Gary Patterson there. You go look at their history, uh, other than a stretch in the uh, 1940s under, you know, legendary Dutch Meyer. Uh, that's the 1940s. Uh, they've basically been a garbage program. They were a whipping boy in the Southwest Conference to the point where by the time that Gary Patterson took over, they were in the Western Athletic Conference, which does not have a football conference anymore. He built them from a Western Athletic Conference into Conference USA, into the Mountain West, and then got them into the Big 12. His record overall is 160-57 and 57 at TCU, uh, which is a was a crap program. This is legit building something from nothing into what it is now, which has basically for the last 15 years been the best school in Texas. Uh, I mean, it's enough to, like, name the stadium after yeah, him. Yeah, they also. have a statue of him, and what they did to yeah. him I just thought was 
crummy, and now they're going to bring in some hotshot. And my guess is this program probably drops back, you know, into the realm of oblivion. And uh, with the Big 12 Conference, you know, teetering uh, on the brink as it is, if this thing drops off enough, uh, they might be headed back down into one of those yeah. smaller conferences. So, you know, uh, I, I really, really like Gary Patterson. Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to coach on after this. It, you know, that being said, it might have been time for him to go. You know, he had had a couple bad years in there, but he was still recruiting at a pretty high level. Uh, but, you know, it, it's this weird thing where TCU now, for some reason, thinks it has the right to win 10 games every year. It's just not that kind of program. It's not Oklahoma. It's not Ohio State. It's not Alabama. It's a program that's going to go through waves. And I don't know, just seem like a crappy thing to do to a coach who basically built you from the whack into the Big 12 and to cut him off like that because, you know, he's had a couple losing seasons in a row here. Uh, Just, it, it doesn't feel right. And, We'll see if they can maintain uh, after this. Uh, but you mentioned it. I think Baylor's a play. Uh, but there is that uh, option where maybe TCU closes out this season hard because they do have talent there. Uh, how many of them are going in the transport por- portal in the next uh, couple weeks uh, will be interesting. But uh, I-, I think that's six and a half, uh, much better number than the uh, seven there. All right, uh, let's move on to an interesting game uh, in the SEC, uh, Mississippi State at Arkansas. Arkansas uh, coming off uh, after having a really, really tough schedule, uh, coming off the easy game in Arkansas, Pine Bluff, then a bye. So they've had about a two-week uh, break here. Uh, Mississippi State continues uh, to play really, really good football here. Uh, big win over uh, Kentucky last week. Uh, beat them up pretty easy. Arkansas. Four and a half point favorites here. Uh, I, I love this Mississippi State team. I, I think they're a much better team than this Arkansas team, uh, both defensively and offensively. I am curious your take on this game. I think Mississippi State's talented enough to keep this one close. Yeah, uh, may not win it. I think this could come down to a field goal. Um, but I don't see Arkansas blowing them out. I think Mississippi State's good enough offensively to hang uh, with a lot of people and uh, just got a really impressive win against Kentucky. And, and there's something to be said about uh, keeping that competition fresh and, and and not getting complacent where Arkansas getting a bye and playing a bad team uh, could be a little bit too much time yeah. off of playing tough competition. Uh, so Mississippi State got some momentum, got a big win. And, uh, I, I mean, I guess you could say Kentucky's a big win. It's sad that uh, Kentucky's a big win now, but uh, they were top 25 teams. Yeah. So, they were uh, a top 10 team at that point. So, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Mississippi State here getting the points. I haven't taken this one yet, but I, I may lean that way. Yeah, I think if this was like three, uh, I'd probably be a little less lenient to take Mississippi State, but four and a half just seems like a lot. Uh, you know, I, I could see it where Arkansas State Arkansas dominates the line of scrimmage, uh, but really that doesn't hold a lot of water because Mississippi State's set up to be like, okay, you can dominate the line of scrimmage. We're getting the ball out in half a second and throwing a three-yard pass. Uh, so, well, you know, Kentucky plays that kind of line yeah. of scrimmage game too, and and Mississippi State didn't have any trouble with it. Yeah, and, and then you flip things over, and I, I know people. 
you know, they think Mike Leach, but if you go back and look at a lot of those Washington State teams, uh, they all had solid defense. He's once again built another solid defense at the Mississippi State. And, you know, outside of the uh, Georgia-Alabama range, I think Mississippi State's probably the third best defense in the SEC. Uh, it certainly can be arguable, uh, you know, definitely playmakers-wise. If you look at guys who are going to move on into the NFL, Mississippi State's probably going to have the third most on the defensive side of the ball, So, uh, especially in that secondary. Uh, so interesting game here, really interested in this one. But I'm going to keep riding my Mississippi State at four and a half on this just because – I just think they're the better team with the better players here. Uh, you know, granted, Arkansas, uh, you know, coming off essentially a double bye, but I, I'm interested to see how they get thrown back into the fire after, you know, sort of shutting things down for, you know, two weeks there. Yeah. All right, let's move into your Mountain West matchup of the week. Boise State going to Fresno. And uh, we don't see this very much. But Boise State getting five points here. Uh, this history has not been great uh, for Fresno, but uh, if there's a time uh, for them to grab them, it's probably this year because uh, Boise probably will be back uh, into their dominant ways uh, next year once as the coaching staff sets up and they can sort of tip back to, to where they are. But uh, what do you make of this one? Fresno State minus five. Yeah, I'm battling my brain and my heart here in this one. Uh, I've, I've come to love Fresno this year, um, but I really want to take Boise plus the five. Uh, I think that's a really, really good uh, amount of points for a good Boise State team. Not the best Boise State team, but, uh, you know, they're still Boise, and, and they're the same Boise they've been for the past 20 years. Uh, and not quite as dominant this year. Uh in Fresno, though, you know, they've had their ups and downs. They've had some games where they haven't performed as well. They've dropped some they shouldn't have. Um, I, like I said, I, if I had to pick here, I would probably take Boise, but I, I'm just going to sit back and watch the results of this one. Yeah, I, I it, it's interesting here. I think you always got to be aware when Boise's getting plus, uh, certainly the five. Now, they have not been quite as good this year, but also, I, I mean, they could be just as close to, you know, the 7-2 and two that Fresno is. Uh, you know, they, they've had a lot of uh, sort of freaky games out there that have made this record uh, look a little bit worse than it is. Uh, you know, uh, other than probably the Nevada game, uh, every other game ha has sort of been, you know, a, a a freaky little thing here or there that is just, it's just one of those years where it's gone against them each time. Whereas in the years past, those freaky things might've yeah. gone for them. And, you know, yeah. instead of sitting at like eight, no, they're or seven and one, they're sitting at four and four. Cause it's just, it happens to be one of those years. Uh, Fresno, I, I thought played their best game in, in a long uh, time in that San Diego state game. I thought they looked really, really good. Now, you know, we mentioned it last week where what does San Diego state have? If they get behind, they got behind, they, you know, they weren't really capable of, you know, opening up the offense. They have a certain style of play. And if they have to get outside that style of play, they aren't capable of, you know, really coming back. Uh, but, you know, I think that win before, 34-32 uh, versus Nevada, uh, was really, really impressive. But once again, they didn't cover that game, minus three and a half. I think this game plays out, uh, you know, somewhat similar 
uh, to that game where it, it's probably tight and we'll see it at a last second score. So I think the values there in Boise State, I wouldn't quite grab the value at minus five for Fresno State. Uh, but if if they want the Mountain West, this is the game they have to take and yeah. show they're the team this year uh, to be the Mountain West uh, champ here. All right, uh, let's go to LSU-Alabama. This isn't a marquee game, but uh, Alabama is playing. And uh, sort of just a freak thing. Uh, I I was like 28 and a half. I saw this, and I was like, is this the biggest spread in LSU-Alabama history? Uh, I I went back in modern history as in the 2000s. Yes, uh, you start easing out of the 90s and, and... it becomes a little bit harder to find those lines uh, and what they were. Uh, you know, Uncle Tony uh, running uh, numbers out of Long Island uh, didn't post a lot of his numbers uh, in the 70s and 60s. But, uh, you know, just going off the top of my head, you know, even in like the mid-90s, both these teams were poor. So I don't think the number would have been, you know, high into this number. So I'm willing to bet 28 and a half is probably the biggest uh, this number's ever been in this matchup. So uh, 28 and a half LSU at Alabama. Uh, these two teams were playing for a national championship, <laughs> you know, six years ago, and now we got a 30 point spread. So uh, what do you make of this game here? Um, I'd have to, uh, yeah, you know, that, that, that line is right where it needs to be. I think, uh, because I'm torn either way. I can't, I can't really, you know, pick a clear and obvious pick there. Um, LSU's pretty much given up on this season. I think they're, they're waiting to see who their next coach is going to be, uh, whether or not they're going to hit that transfer portal. Uh, I'm sure some people are. And uh, LSU had one game where they ran the ball well, uh, and then they went back to not really running the ball well. So I don't know what they're going to be able to do against this Alabama team, but uh, I like Alabama. Uh, but not, huh, gosh, 28 and a half is an awful lot against, you know, who, what, won a national championship two years ago. Yeah. So uh, how the mighty have fallen. And uh, I, I can't make a play here. I think I think that that line's right on the money. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I can take Bama at 28 and a half, but I certainly uh, have no interest <laughs> in grabbing LSU at 28 and a half in this one, uh, especially with, uh, you know, I, I think everybody is ready to hit the, you know, transfer portal there. Uh, we might see the fun Sark maneuver where uh, Washington State uh, pretty much just hands uh, uh, USC their bad coach because they know he's a terrible coach. And I think Penn State's uh, pretty much ready to do the same <laughs> with LSU. Like, if you want him, you're welcome to him. Uh, we've seen enough here. So uh, that should be interesting if that pulls out. But, uh, yeah, uh just uh I don't I think it's too much to grab Bama not enough for uh you know LSU here it'll be interesting to see if Bama wants to run this one up too they don't tend to do that but uh Saban might uh have a little bit uh more uh cutthroatness to run this up uh if he sees fit all right uh we'll move to another SEC game interesting one here uh Tennessee Kentucky uh this line is flipped totally in <laughs> Well, basically in a bad way for both you and I, because I, I think we had our eye on this game about two weeks ago where yep. we thought Tennessee would be getting, you know, three or four points. They're now a one-point favorite on the road uh, to Kentucky here. Uh, 
That being said, I'm now not in love with this line, whereas if you gave me three or four, I'd be a little bit more in love with it. Uh, what do you make of this one? Are you still uh, in love with it on the uh, minus one as a road favorite here? Yeah, I'm still on it. I think I got the money line when it was a one-point dog for Tennessee, so I got like plus 105. Uh, but I think this line's going to keep moving. I think everyone sees that this is a really good matchup for uh, for Tennessee to finally uh, you know, cut their teeth on it and, and just – they match up perfectly against Kentucky. Uh, Tennessee's strength defensively is against the run game. That's Kentucky's strength offensively. Uh, they can't really throw the ball very much at all. When they do, they turn it over, and uh, Tennessee can put on a lot of points. I think this could be a, a, a big blowout, actually. Um, so I think this line's going to continue to grow the more people actually look into the game and, and what each team's strengths are. Yeah. Uh Fun to look at the, uh, like, just betting numbers on this one. 51% on Tennessee, 49% on Kentucky. You think, oh, even. But then you look at the money. 81% of the money uh, on Tennessee to 19% on Kentucky. So uh, this thing is just, uh, you know, hammered down. And uh, I I think Tennessee's a better pick here. I I think they will win this game. But, uh, you know, it it just hurts my soul when I could have gotten three. And and now I'm favored on the road uh, versus a team who, you know, uh, as much as we see progress in Tennessee, uh, their wins so far this year have been basically against the lower, lower tier uh, of the SEC. Uh, I mean, you even look at that matchup at Florida uh, where they got beat 38-14, and Florida doesn't look all that good this year. Other than, you know, wins over Mizzou, South Carolina, the aforementioned Bowling Green, this hasn't really been an overall impressive team. You look at that old Miss and think, oh, you know, maybe they can play with these guys. But, you know, that was a home game. So I'm a little bit more leery of Tennessee going on the road here as a favorite. If it's plus, I, I'm probably a little bit more uh, loving to take this because I think the matchup really favors Tennessee. But as a road favorite, I, I'm not quite there to make that jump, even as a low one uh, there. And then a part of me just wants to take the contrary you with all the money you know steaming in on tennessee i'm like i i I think this one wouldn't have got as much national attention had kentucky not lost this past i think if kentucky had kept rolling and won against mississippi state uh people really wouldn't have been you know away looking at this one and, and tennessee probably would have been getting a lot more here yeah, that's I, that's why I'm glad I took last week, uh, you know, with Mississippi State because uh, that Kentucky sort of uh, love uh, went quickly. <laughs> As it right. should. Yes. Uh, let's move to Indiana and Michigan. Michigan, can they bounce back off of uh, I don't even know what to call that last week. <laughs> uh, finding a, a very classic. Yeah, uh, hard way to – somehow managed to lose that game uh one of the other ones i had i I made a late uh 11 58 wager on michigan state and uh at about 2 30 i I was feeling like the moron of as i tell you don't make bets at 11 58 just because you are bored and you talk yourself into a game and then you know michigan did what Michigan has pretty much done for the last uh, 20 years here and somehow managed to blow that game. I got the Michigan State win, but uh, 
Indiana's a whole different kettle of fish. They have uh, just been awful, and you could say they're what has sabotaged Cincinnati because I think Cincinnati thought they were going to have an eight-win team uh, programmed in there off a Big Five conference, and they've ended up getting the worst team in the Big Ten, uh, you know, and didn't look good doing so and getting that win. So uh, can Michigan bounce back here? Minus 20 and a half. Uh, You know, they've covered uh, versus these uh, lower-tier teams all season long. What do you make of this game? Yeah, I think they bounce back quick here. Uh, Indiana's a good team to, to come off that uh, that tough loss with. Uh, Indiana gives up a lot of points. Uh, should should be able to run it up on them pretty good. Now that spread's a little little large, but I, I honestly I think Michigan wins big time here. Yeah, I'm on the same. Uh, I don't know if I grab the 20 and a half, but uh, I, I just think Indiana's sort of folded it up here and. Uh, Get right game for Michigan before the, uh, you know, uh, last real part of their uh, schedule uh, sets up here. And uh, they can see if they can uh, pull off the uh, big one uh, at Penn State, uh, you know, and uh, see how that goes. And then, uh, of course, uh, you know, the Ohio State game uh, to end the uh, year. Let's move on to the uh, Big 12, and uh, I I think uh, week three, everybody was hyped about this matchup, and now we're basically watching two uh, sub-par teams uh, play each other, but uh, Texas goes to Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State uh, still getting the love, six-and-a-half-point favorites here, Uh, you know. I'd probably be all over Texas, but uh, they've looked atrocious as well. So I'm curious, uh, which team will uh, be more disappointing, I I think, will be the uh, cue here uh, in this game? Uh, You know, I'm I'm not taking anything in this game because this is a game that where anything can happen. Uh, But I actually lean Texas They're both good at finding ways to lose games. (laughs) Yeah, but I I think I'm going to go with just – Texas at least consistency on offense. You know they're going to score points. Uh, so I think that gives them a, a shot to win, you know. Uh, but now that also gives them, you know, their defense gives them a shot to lose pretty much everything. Uh, but uh, I'm not taking a pick here. But I like Texas. Yeah, uh, I don't think I'm bold enough to take Iowa State in six and a half. And I'm stunned they still get keep getting these, uh, you know, touchdown lines. Uh, I don't know who continues to bet on Iowa State as, uh, you know, touchdown favorites. But uh, they do. But uh, I, I'm really uh, not real bold in grabbing Texas uh, from what I've seen the uh, last, uh, you know, couple weeks. And uh, then you got Sark already on the hot seat and trying to say it'll take three to five years or whatever to rebuild this, you know, program and already uh, realizing that uh, maybe he's not a good football coach. It's not like we had evidence of that before, but uh, hey, whatever. Um, Anyway, uh, I think Iowa State probably pulls this game out, but uh, there is no way I'm touching either side on this spread. They have been uh, against the spread killers all season long, if you want to bet on uh, either of these teams. All right, uh, last game to round us out. Oregon goes to Washington. Washington, uh, I don't know if they've been good, uh, but they've found a little life to get to, you know, four and four to uh, close out the wins. Uh, back-to-back road wins at Stanford, uh, at Arizona. Um, you know, uh, Oregon uh, has looked good uh, the last couple weeks. A win at UCLA, a big win over Colorado. What do you make of this game? Seven-point uh, spread here. 
in uh, Husky Stadium in Seattle. Uh, can Oregon go in there and dominate, or are you a little nervous on this one? This is another one I got in on early and got six and a half. Uh, I love Oregon here. This is the only play I like this week more than Michigan State minus three. Uh, Oregon's going to win 20-plus. They've got the ball rolling. They're going to roll in and uh, finish the season undefeated. Uh, and a 4-4 four and four Washington team is not going to slow them down. Yeah, I – uh, you know, uh, Washington wins Arizona, uh, Stanford, not all that great. Uh, so I, I think they go back to what they've been. Uh, I, I think Oregon goes in there and rolls and uh, probably rolls until the Pac-12 championship game. And then that pressure uh, will be on them again. And we see how they we'll see how they deal uh, with the pressure then. But I think they close out this, uh, you know, uh, Pac-12 season pretty good. Other than that uh, last game versus Oregon State, uh, which should be a fun one. Oregon State will be gunning for them. Where's All that right. one at? Yeah, uh, it's in Oregon State. So uh, we're, we're going to Corvallis uh, to close out the Civil War to uh, probably ruin Oregon's season. Uh, all right. They've done it before. Yes, they have. Uh, we'll get into our picks. You had a five-and-five five week uh, last week. <laughs> Uh, losses with uh, UCLA, Stanford, uh, Oregon State, the aforementioned. Uh, we both uh, were down on that one. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, ever since you've loved Pittsburgh, uh, they've been awful. <laughs> and uh, Iowa were your losses, your wins. You had a nice win versus Syracuse. I've gotten you on the uh, Dino Babers uh, train. Uh, Kansas State minus three versus uh, TCU. You had a win. Boise State minus two and a half versus Colorado State. Uh, why Colorado State keeps getting weird spreads. We'll talk about that later in my picks. Uh, UTEP plus the 12. They didn't pull out the win. We didn't get a hype up the uh, UTEP-UT San Antonio game uh, as much as I would have liked. And then uh, Miss State plus the one and a half. So five and five week keeps you at 558 and 58 on the year. I had a tough week at four and seven. Uh, UMass, uh, they scored the points, uh, but decided not to play defense in that one. Uh, gave up 62 to Liberty. Uh, Rutgers was a win for me. Uh, Iowa, we were both uh, a little off on that one. Uh, they decided to totally uh, go in the tank. Utah State, a win uh, on that one. Uh, Northwestern, uh, we need to avoid taking them. They're on the banned list uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, Oregon State uh, was a loss for me. Winners, Miss State and Auburn. Uh, loss with UNC, uh, Louisville, and Stanford to close out. So, Four and seven, 57, 55, and two on the year. Uh, so if we close out this season well, uh, we can have a pretty good year uh, with our picks. So uh, how many picks you got for us this week? I've got a light week. Uh, I've only got eight. I may add more come Saturday, but I've got eight for right now. All right, so eight picks for you. I got a loaded slate uh, for me this week. Uh, so uh, let's hear what you got to uh, start off the uh, week for us. Uh, first off, I've got that matchup that you were just talking about, UTSA at UTEP. Uh, I like both these teams. They both uh, performed well. Uh, but UTSA's played a little bit more tougher competition. So I'm going to take the Roadrunners minus 11 on the road at UTEP here. Yeah. Uh, UT San Antonio, 7-1 and one so far uh, against the spread. We'll see if that continues. Uh, UTEP, I believe, is also 7-1. and one. So uh, a battle of against the spread, darlings. But, uh, you know, uh, UTEP was a little lucky uh, to cover last week. They closed and, and scored a, a couple uh, garbage touchdowns. Florida Atlantic dominated them pretty much. So, uh, 
Yeah, uh, I, I think the UTEP uh, ball is probably going to burst uh, these last couple weeks. But uh, UT San Antonio, we'll see if uh, they can keep this up and uh, close out undefeated. Uh, I, I'd like it if they could get into one of the big bowl games and just play one of the big boys just to see. Uh, but I don't have my hopes up. I, I think that might be a little bit. Uh, they'll probably feed them Kentucky or some nonsense. I think they would have to have zero losses to get, yeah. get all the way all right, uh, first up for me, uh, I'm going to take Rutgers plus the 13-and-a-half versus Wisconsin. Uh, I like this Rutgers team. They tend to play close games at home, Wisconsin on the road. 13-and-a-half uh, seems like a, a lot of points in that one, so I'm going to stick with uh, Rutgers plus the 13-and-a-half. Another one we talked about, I'm going to take Baylor minus the 6-and-a-half at TCU. I think Baylor's going to win big here. All right, uh, next up for me, I, I mentioned uh, this spread I, I thought was off. I'm going Wake uh, plus the two and a half. Uh, I, I think Wake's just the better football team. They'll continue to ride here. I don't think North Carolina is the one that upsets them. So uh, Wake plus two and a half for me. I've got one that's going to be on TV one for you uh, here, champ. I'm going to take UL Monroe plus three and a half at Texas uh, State. Uh Pretty solid UL Monroe team. Uh, wish they were getting a little bit more here. Uh, but I looked at their matchups and their their common opponents, and I, I like UL Monroe here. Well, uh, you know that game was on my eyeballs, and I got that one too. I have UNM Monroe uh, plus uh, the three and a half versus Texas State here. Uh, they're just the better football team if you look at it. Yeah. They got the better wins, uh, really. And uh, so we both are on the UL Monroe bandwagon. We. We, we should have jumped on it a little sooner because now we're only getting three and a half instead of our 14 to 20. <laughs> that yep. uh, would have been much, much better. Uh, so uh, I have that one as well. Uh, I'll, I talked about it. I have Illinois plus a 14 and a half uh, as well. Uh, we talked about uh, Illinois, 14 and a half. Uh, this will be a, you know, a slow paced game. And uh, I, I like Illinois getting those kind of points. Next up for me. We talked about it again. Another heavy road favorite for me this week. I, I don't. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Probably not. Doesn't usually. Uh, but I'm taking Oregon minus the six and a half at Washington. I think Oregon's going to uh, keep rolling here against a mediocre Washington team. Yeah. Uh, next up for me, uh, interesting game. I'm taking Memphis plus the five and a half for SMU. Uh, I, I just think that's a lot of points uh, for SMU to go on the road after that. Uh, uh, I don't know if anybody watched it, but SMU came all the way back. Uh, Houston was doing Houston things, and uh, they came back, tied it, and then had a 101-yard kickoff return uh, to lose the game as the game closed out. Uh, so I don't know if they can quite recover uh, off that and then go. Uh, Memphis hasn't been all that good of late, but uh, I still respect them at home, and uh, I, I think that'll be a tough bounce back uh, for SMU after pretty much having fate in their hands and then uh, losing it because of a garbage kick return. Uh, but, uh, hey, Houston, still got that one. Champs, come on, baby. All right, what do you got next? Next up, I've got Wake Forest plus the two and a half at North Carolina. Uh, I'm going to take the undefeated team getting points here. All right, uh, you'll like this one. Uh, I'm going to ride Maryland. I'm off Northwestern and now going into the Maryland world uh, to be thoroughly disappointed uh, with them getting massacred. <laughs> but uh, right now, I don't think Penn State can massacre anyone. So ten and a half points at home, I, I think, is pretty good value here for Maryland. Uh, though I I'm thoroughly uh, prepared to uh, look up and see 45 to seven and uh, be disappointed in that one. 
My next play is going to be in the homecoming for Hugh Freeze, Liberty at Ole Miss. I'm going to take Ole Miss minus nine nine and a half. I think this offense is going to just bury this Hugh Freeze Liberty team. Now, while they they may give up 30 or 40 points, I think Ole Miss is going to score every bit of 60 to 70 points in this one. So I like Ole Miss minus the nine and a half. Well, I will say I had this one in my list, and I made it a last-minute cut. Uh, I I think – Ole Miss is going to bury them and score a billion points. But then I got a little nervous that there's some handshake agreement where we're just going to trade touchdowns and pump each other's stats up uh, so we both become first-round NFL draft picks and collect a lot of money and disappoint people in the future in the NFL because uh, neither are probably NFL-level quarterbacks. So that got me a little nervous, and we end up with some worthless 70-66 uh, game here, and I didn't know to trust the cover. So it was a last-minute cross-off uh, but uh, that being said, there might be a, a, another uh, 11.58 uh, bet uh, that goes on Old Miss as I, I'm bored and uh, wanting to throw money around on that one. Uh, next up for me, I talked about it. I'm going to ride Purdue plus the uh, three versus Michigan State. Uh, we were on opposite sides of this one, so uh, we'll see how this one plays out. Yeah, I'll go ahead and that was my last one, but I'll go ahead and say it. I got Michigan State minus the three at Purdue. All right, uh, I got a handful of more, so it's a fun got, week for me. I got one more, too, so uh, go ahead. I'm going to go with Cincinnati, minus 22.5 versus Tulsa. Uh, I, I think Cincinnati knows it needs to uh, just annihilate uh, these teams coming up. Uh, they probably will not be able to annihilate SMU in uh, Houston, uh, but Tulsa is ripe for annihilation. So Cincinnati at home, uh, they can play off, uh, you know, a little bit of emotion here. Uh, the uh, nobody respects us card. So I think they roll up uh, Tulsa pretty good. Tulsa coming across into uh, Cincinnati. So I like the 22 and a half there. My last pick, I've got Tennessee plus 105 on the money line against Kentucky. Got a little bit of value there uh, while it was still there. Uh, but I think Tennessee's going to win this one. Well, they're going to be three-point favorites by Saturday, so... Uh. Uh, easy. I, it would not surprise me if it gets over four or five. If it gets to minus three, I'm just letting everybody know I'm taking Kentucky at that point, so... Uh, I think uh, it will. As fast as it's been moving, it's moved, what, four point four and a yeah. half points already? Yes, uh, just in the week. Now, I don't know how much of that we should probably say we are based in Knoxville, uh, so a lot of our... Uh, Odds are catered to that if we move up to New Jersey or something. Uh, Kentucky still might be favored by three points. So if you're capable of flying around, you might want (laughs) to mosey around and take whatever lines you can. And you could probably get Tennessee and Kentucky uh, both uh, plus three uh, by Saturday. Uh, anyway, uh, next up for me, uh, West Virginia plus the three and a half in that one. I, I mentioned, I'm just going to ride West Virginia, uh, getting points at home. Uh, another fun one, uh, Wyoming plus three and a half points at home versus Colorado state. Uh, Wyoming struggled a little bit here, uh, but it, it's not like Colorado state's been good. They had a, a, a pop of a little two game stretch where they won games. But uh, basically the last couple of weeks, they've been awful. You, you mentioned it. You got that nice Boise state win in a line that was ridiculous. The week before I got Utah state versus Colorado state, Utah state getting plus at home versus Colorado state. So Wyoming at home at plus three and a half, I just think is value there. Uh, Mississippi state plus the five and a half versus Arkansas. We talked about that one. And then lastly, the big one, UNLV, Plus two and a half versus New Mexico. 
This I was I was waiting for a UMass bet. No UMass uh, bet this week, uh, but uh, we're we're going to the other side uh, with the U's. This might be the one chance UNLV has to get a win uh, this year. So uh, they're going down to New Mexico, plus two and a half. If you look at the numbers, UNLV technically has been a little bit better than New Mexico, though the wins don't show it. So uh, grab UNLV, plus the two and a half uh, this week. And that's our picks. Uh, We'll be back uh, on uh, Monday to do our review show. We missed it this week. Uh, We got a little bit busy and bogged down in uh, alternate life mode uh, outside of uh, the Greenlight Network, but we'll be back on Monday to give our review. Uh, Be sure to like and subscribe. Don't miss any of our programs tomorrow. Uh, Achilles Rain comes in for the NFL. We got a big showdown coming up Sunday. Uh, the Dynamite Tighten game up. is pumped up, uh, though a little uh, sad in the soul due to Derrick Henry. But uh, the battle of the Green Network All Stars and uh, the Rams versus the Titans coming up. So you don't want to miss that. Winning daily. We'll have some NBA action. We're going to have a little Breeders' Cup action as well coming up in during the weekend. You don't want to miss any of that stuff. Our college basketball is coming sooner and sooner. You don't want to miss that. Dynamite is already getting fired up. Season tickets to the Vols. He's going to be there watching them make their push uh, to see if they can uh, ride out a good season. So like, subscribe. That's our show, and we're out. Greenlight Network presents Football Time.